0: If you need the connections to buyers, the media, or companies that can take your product to the next level, then you are listening to the right show. Now here to share the who, what, and why of inventing, your innovation divas, Melinda Knight and Leanna Korn. Hello. So- <laughs> so I
1: Hello.
2: Was thinking- Welcome, Jim. You know, I was thinking, Melinda, maybe I would test out my detective voice. Today,
1: yes, yes, look at that. There's a good reason
2: behind you this. Sh- you can't fool me.
3: You can't fool me.
2: I'm not trying to fool you at all. It's it's part of my preparation for our big release of our new sizzle reel. So maybe Jim can give us some suggestions. But you know what? Better yet, let's just make sure that everybody knows who we are first and foremost, and then of course who Jim DeBetta is, because he has so much information for the inventor community and for our our listeners that we should probably just forget about my silly detective voice and move on. Don't you think?
1: Well, I'm excited, though, to get you into character, though. It it is about that preparation and and being one with yourself.
2: (laughs) Well, definitely not not for... uh, Without trying, we will make sure we have a yes. wonderful new sizzle reel um, so that we can help our inventors get onto national TV. That's the goal of it all. So pretty oh, exciting oh. stuff, right? Right. Yes. Very so, exciting. Without further ado, we are Melinda and Diana from Innovation Divas and, of course, the co-founders of Inventors Network. So for all of you who are listening for the first time today, welcome. We're excited to have you. And we are a radio show out there supporting, educating, and inspiring. Inspiring, I do hope. I can't even talk. (laughs) Um, Hopefully inspiring fellow inventors to really... um, you know, take their product to the next level, and thank goodness for our wonderful guest host, who will hopefully become a regular on our show, Jim DeBetta. Hey,
3: welcome, hey, hey, very, hey, hey, yeah. That was my that was my uh, sky boy. So so here I am on the show, right? I'm uh, obviously very excited to be back and and share whatever I can with everybody during our time today. So.
2: Well, that's wonderful. That's And then Melinda had some thoughts because she really – I mean, you have such variety in terms of your, your history and the things that you've done in the inventor space. And yet, you know, I'm just getting to know you, but Melinda has known you for so many years. Why don't you give us a quick little background, and then we'll get really – into the thrust of what kind of licensing ideas and um, successes that you've seen inventors have?
3: Yeah, well, no, I, I, I kind of grew up in the product business, uh, like it or not. Uh, my family owned a chain of retail stores. So uh, reaching back to when I was a kid, uh, I've loaded more cars up with products and, and rang more cash registers and stocked more shelves than I probably care to remember, but a great lead into knowing this business and learning how products are sold and learning how consumers buy them and, of course, knowing how to connect with the retailers to get the products in front of them. So uh, evolving from that, I was involved in my own startup uh, back in the 90s in the sport optics business, which is handheld magnifiers, binoculars, spotting scopes, anything that you can look through that makes something appear bigger. And we had a wildly successful company that uh, was doing uh, about $20 million a year in sales uh, after a few years. And we were selling just about everybody at retail, all the big chains and the specialty chains. And, um, you know, we, we made a lot of mistakes. We, we got lucky. We did a lot of things right, obviously. And collectively over the years, I learned how to run a consumer products business by Doing it myself and really digging in and getting my hands dirty, and that led to uh, various other opportunities uh, in the industry. I, I worked um, with Kevin Arrington from Shark Tank for for a couple of years, placing products he was funding on the show at retail. And uh, I was a staff writer for Inventors Digest for quite a while, and have spoken all over the all over the country um, at, at major events on how to get products into retail and how to license products and how to develop products. And I've just been doing this forever, it seems. And even though I'm only in my forties, I feel like I've, I've done it for two lifetimes and it's, it's what I've grown to know and I really enjoy it. And I really like helping people to to really understand how it really goes out there, uh, you know, in the, in this, in this business, because it is a risky business and helping people to understand the risks and rewards is, um, is good to do um, these
2: days. And, and would you say that um, that where you have seen maybe either a shift in the industry or maybe just um, a change up in the industry, something that that inventors are learning? Maybe it's because of Shark Tank. Maybe it's because of of of, of you know the very crowded you know, retail space with one-off inventions. Do you find that many people are going the way of licensing?
3: I I think it's, well, I don't know if the numbers have changed, and it's hard to really know. I I think that the the first thought of an inventor is to license in many cases because they feel like that it might be easier for somebody else that knows what they're doing to handle their products for them versus doing it themselves and, and you got to respect that. But, you know, I've always been one to, to really try to promote developing and, and selling the product yourself because the rewards are greater. The risks are greater in that you've got to spend money to get your product developed to market. But really for me, I think that what's changed in the business is that uh, inventors have more information available to them. When I started, um, you know, you had to go to the library to, to get information today you go online and in in seconds you can learn all about everything about inventing and about licensing and bringing products to market. But it's a blessing and a curse because while there's a lot available to you, there's almost too much available and people don't know how to decipher all the information. And they also don't know who to trust because there are a lot of people out there that will prey on inventors and promise them success and let them know that there's no way to fail because their product's so great and You know, I don't take that road. I I let people know that it is risky, but so you can really get into trouble if if you don't know who to trust and and what information to believe. But because the technology is there, I, I think that I'm, I like to see it and am seeing where more inventors are going out on their own and they're putting their products up on their own website and doing very well there. So you don't always have to be in a retail store today to be successful. You can, you can do it online on your own or through other websites. And and I think the business is is shifting there more and more, although people are still looking to sell to big retailers because it could be a big payday for you. But in terms of licensing, I'm not sure if I'm seeing more people going that route. I just think that more people are becoming more aware of what licensing is all about because information is, is there for them to learn it.
2: So can we talk? Yeah, go ahead, Melinda.
1: Oh, I, was, you're, I know you're thinking what I'm thinking. We're going to ask the same question <laughs> And lines of licensing. You go ahead.
2: Yeah, I was just going to say, so can you explain the difference for our listeners if they, if they don't know what, what that looks like, sounds like? Why, why would anybody want to license their product out versus actually sell it direct to retail?
3: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, and that's one I get all the time. And you'd be surprised how many people don't really understand what licensing is, but they say to me, hey, Jim, I want to license my product. I ask them, they don't really know what it is. So great question. So the answer, or the, the shortest answer I can give is that, it's, it's, to me, it's about risk and reward. And when you when you go to develop a product and sell it yourself, you've got to do all the work. So if you're an inventor and you say, hey, I've got this new widget, you've got to – Find somebody to refine the idea. um, That's done through CAD drawings or mechanical drawings. And then you've got to make a prototype and you've got to find somebody to do that. And then you've got to find a factory to make the product for you in math. And then, of course, you've got to develop a website and a sell sheet, a price sheet, and a presentation deck and all those goodies that you need to, to show to retail buyers so they understand what your product is and the benefits and features and why you should buy it. And then, of course, Here comes the tricky part. You've got to go out and sell the product on your own. And whether you do that to retail buyers or you sell it on your own website or somebody else's, you've got a lot of work to do. And there's cost involved in doing that on your own. But the potential payoff is tremendous because if your product is successful, all that money is yours to keep. Now, if you license, what you're doing is you're turning over the idea and the business to somebody else. And usually that's somebody else is a corporation. So... I always use the, the, the example of if you have a, a tool and you want to license it, you can go to a company like Irwin or Black & Decker and say to them, look, I've got this product idea, and hopefully you've got a patent or patent pending around it because otherwise they can just take that idea and develop it without you. But assuming you have a, a patent that's filed or issued, you can say to Black & Decker, look, I want to do a licensing deal with you. I'd rather you produce and sell and market this because you've got a bigger reach and a bigger budget. And you can just pay me a royalty. And that royalty could be a couple of percent to as much as five to 10 percent. Now, that doesn't mean they'll do it. And it doesn't mean it'll work. But licensing, in essence, is leasing your intellectual property to somebody else in exchange for a royalty. Now, to me, the downside to that is, you know, you got to sell, they've got to sell millions for you to get thousands because the royalty rate is probably only going to be a couple of percent if the product is successful. So it's always about risk and reward. You do it yourself, more risk, greater potential reward in general. If you license it, you, you give up the work to somebody else, they get the lion's share, and you get little pieces. And depending on your life situation, either one could be a viable option as long as you understand those risks.
2: Got
1: it. Well, uh, and we're about ready to go to break, too. So, and this is such, you know, great information. So, we, we definitely want to continue learning more about licensing and some of the risks and rewards that you've seen and experienced over the, you know, many years that you've been involved with um, helping inventors and, and maybe tell some stories because we like stories sure. and journeys of and because they're very exciting and the inventors get inspired and can learn from them. So, we're about to go to break, but uh, stay tuned for a gym. In the second half, and uh, we will be right back.
0: Belinda and Diana will return after a morning, short break with more of Innovation Divas. This is Uncommon Sense for Leaders, a forum for exploring leadership from the intellect, the heart, and the spirit. Whether you're a leader now or aspire to be a leader in the future, you owe it to yourself to learn about the big ideas that have shaped the careers of compelling communicators, masters of influence, and highly effective leaders. Uncommon Sense for Leaders. Tune in to hear thought-provoking ideas on every aspect of leadership. You can expect dynamic discussions with special guests, quick tips you can apply immediately for better results, and the tools you need to take you from where you are to where you want to be as a leader. Are you ready to crack the code for achieving unprecedented results? Then join the host for Uncommon Sense for Leaders, Catherine Carlisi, every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on the All Business Radio Network. This is the TokiNet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge.
4: Have you heard? We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything.
0: If you need the connections to buyers, media, or companies who can take your product to the next level, then you are listening to the right show. This is the Innovation Divas on Toginet Radio. And now, let's return to your Innovation Divas, Melinda Knight and Deanna Korn.
2: We are back for the second half of our wonderful inventor-based radio show run by Melinda Knight and Deanna Cohen. That's us gals. And for, um, I think, a second or third time, we've had Jim DeBetta as our wonderful uh, guest on our show. And Jim has spent many, many years in the industry of inventing and retail. He is... Um, a world of knowledge. And so we'd like to hear one of his stories of either supporting or helping an invention get to the place where it ultimately wants to go and where we all want it to go, which is into the consumer's hands. So, um, Jim, you have the floor, sir.
3: Nice. Okay. Well, uh, excited to be back after the break. And, uh, yeah, you know, I think the best story is. Uh, for me to tell, one's from my own personal experiences, being uh, somebody that's no different than any other inventor out there. I, I had a stock from ground zero and with a lot less information than I think is available today. So um, I, I have a, a good experience that, um, well, for, for better or worse, what was a great learning experience for me in the licensing world. When I had my um, sport optics company in the early days, we were obviously looking for ways to – to get into more retail stores, which is what every inventor wants to do, because that's where the sales are. So we had a children's line of uh, optical products, like bug loops and little NL magnifiers and little microscopes. And but we were having, you know, a lot of trouble getting into retailers like Toys R Us, for example. And they just weren't ready to talk to us. We didn't have enough business. We weren't in any other stores. So everyone kept saying, "You'll come back to us when you sell somebody big." And we're like, well, if, if we got stuff somewhere, why why can't it be you? And it was, you know, so it was kind of this merry-go-round. So what we did was we started looking around for people we could do licensing deals with. So basically, like an inventor would would have now, we had product that we had intellectual property on, and we were looking for a company to do a licensing deal with. Well, we went big. We went and reached out to Nickelodeon, and everyone knows who Nickelodeon is. And at the time, now this is back in. This is probably 98, 99, nine two thousand so we're going back, but nothing's changed in how we, we approach it. We approached Nickelodeon with a sell sheet that we've got these products we'd love to do a life deal with you and, and have you uh, produce and, and, and use one of your properties on our products so you know we can get in uh, you know into retail stores like you know Walmart Target, and all those places and so we met with them in, uh, in New York City and at the time they they showed us all these different properties. They had SpongeBob and all these big names. And, but it cost a, a, a lot of money for us to get involved in, in doing a licensing deal there. So they said, oh, you know what? We have this new property. It's kind of just starting out. And, you know, it's, it's about this girl. And she she speaks English and she she speaks Spanish. And she's got this backpack. And, you know, <laughs> you know, we think that, you know, your, your binocular and your your magnifier would be great to go in a backpack and like, Oh, what's this? What's it called? She saw? it's called Dora the Explorer. Yeah. And, you know, I looked, uh, I looked <laughs> I at know,
2: you know, it's wow. my partner.
3: This is, this is a sad story in a way, because we looked at each other, my partner and I, and we said, ah, you know, it's, Dora the Explorer, it's too risky. It's new. What if this thing doesn't work? And so ultimately we, and it was cheap to get in, but we rejected the, the opportunity to do a licensing oh. deal. And do so I have to one. sell the rest? I mean, door with a backpack or with, you know, with binoc- the binocular coming up. I mean, we would, I, I'm not kidding. We probably would have been very, very well off had we done that deal. But we rejected it. And so the story goes, right? You know, you never know. And, uh, I, I still cringe when I think about the first time I went to target and I saw all this door of the Explorer stuff on the shelves and I'm like, I cannot believe we didn't get involved here, but you know, hindsight's 2020, 20, but the, the lesson we learned now was that, you know, when you go to these companies, you don't know what they're going to do or, or ask for when it comes to your product and, and you ultimately relinquish control of your product to them. And maybe wanted us to basically do that. We, more weren't ready. We felt like, well, oh, this, this is a, a new property, and, you know, uh, it, it doesn't matter to Nickelodeon. They'll just take a shot at it, and if it doesn't work, they don't care because they're a big company. But if we put all our marbles for our kids' line in their hands, you know, in that one basket, so to speak, and it fails, we we lose the opportunity to sell our product for the next few years, and, and then we don't have a business if it, if it doesn't work. But obviously that worked, and and, and we've got – you know, we got burned because we didn't do it. But you know, the lesson for for inventors is that when you go into these licensing deals and you approach companies, you, you don't know what's going to happen, and you don't know if your product is going to do well for them. And obviously, they're going to spend a lot of money to, to to try to make that happen. But if it if it doesn't, you know, there there is a risk that that your product may be tied up with them for years to come when you could have been selling it on your own. So if there's ever a, a good hard lesson to learn, um, you know, learn it at my expense. And that is you just got to really look at each deal very carefully and understand what you're getting into uh, before you get into it. But that was a, that was a tough one to swallow. Still is. So I don't want to keep talking about it. I'll stop crying or something.
5: (laughs) Don't do that.
3: (laughs) Oh yeah. That's a toughie. Anyway. So that's, that's a good personal story, but.
1: That's one to say adios to. And,
5: and yeah.
3: (laughs) Yeah, uh, it's just uh, please don't. You're gonna keep talking. You're gonna make actually, you're just gonna, you're gonna have your fun with me. Every time we do a show, you're gonna bring yourself. I know. I am set myself up here, but it's all good. But you know, for every, for every inventor out there that that wants to to get into licensing, you know, it, it, it's it's all about the consumer. You never know how people are gonna react to your product, whether you think it's great or not. The only thing you can do is take your shot. And you've got to approach companies. And you've got to talk to people, and you've got to give it your all. I mean, there's really no secret sauce there. Obviously, you've got to know what to say to companies when you approach them, and you have to understand the terms of the deals and make sure that you're not getting taken advantage of. It. Because big companies can do that to you, and it, and it's hard to resist their charms because they are big and they are successful, and, and you're not at this, at this point. But,
1: no, again, you always have also- the route and – yeah, I, I was just going to say that also. Not be afraid to to hear no, and and to not get you know, uh, get your spirits down about it, and and because yes. I think that's the biggest fear right. going in, and and them saying no is the biggest fear. And if you don't go in, how do you know whether they're going to say no or yes? that's You will hear a lot you. of
3: no's. <laughs> you will get a lot of them. It's just, yeah. it's a numbers game, and yeah. so you, you will hear a lot of no's along the way. Get used to it, and just get over it.
1: Well, and how? What is your in getting into retail? There's such a big difference too that you know we see in the inventor world that you know maybe you're not a fit for the retail world because your product doesn't display well, you know, on the shelves. And and how do you educate people in that? You know, maybe this isn't the right fit for you. You have a great product but it needs to be demonstrated. It's not going to necessarily sell well, no matter how beautiful your packaging is. It's just something that maybe does better, you know, on television. Or um, the, what, what is your advice in that area?
3: Well, you know, you're right. Some things just don't lend themselves to retail, because often the inventor who can speak all day long about this or her product can't stand in every retail store and tell the story. So if the package really can't sell it immediately, then you're right. You go online, because online you can tell the story. On a website you can post pictures. You can put a video up there. You can write all the words you want about the product and why it's great. And I also like TV shopping for that. HSN and QVC are perfect examples of items that are demonstrable, and that's what they do. You, You get on air for six, seven, eight minutes, and you can show your product, talk about it, demonstrate it, show why it works, how it works, why it doesn't do this or that better or worse than anything else that's out there. So there's always an opportunity and because of TV shopping, because of the internet, it's that those are game changers today. So again, you don't have to just be in retail stores. You can really do well in all facets and even catalogs. Even though people think catalogs are a thing of the past, that's still a very healthy business. So if you get your product into a catalog, you can have that opportunity to get a little bit more, opportunity, if you will, again, to to show the product and and show uh, multiple pictures of it and have a lot of copy there that explains the benefits and features.
2: Well, I, you know, look, I had inventions back in the day, and I know Melinda did too. I think, you know, we have about three minutes left, but, you know, that's the hardest part is to know which way to go to attend a big trade show and put all your eggs in one basket. So I am always... You know, I think I've shifted my mindset that I would rather, if I have a creative mind, if I'm that inventor that is constantly coming up with different ideas, that I would just continue to license out ideas and collect the royalty checks so that I could move on to my next idea. You know, it does take a long time to get a patent, and we all know that it costs money. But it's all the other factors of the trade shows and setting up and hotel stays. And not to say that those aren't wonderful things to be a part of and the connections and people that you get to meet there, but I, I really like the idea that I could, you know, sit back on my yacht one day. And mm. I mean, we, we all we all dream of that. So hopefully, this conversation we've had with you, Jim, um, um, can give these inventors some enlightenment in terms of their options that are out there. And obviously, for more information on how to reach Jim and. You can go to our show page and, and see about uh, Jim, his background, his history, um, Debetta Enterprises. There's a direct link on our show page. Um, Jim, this has been wonderful. Once again, we can't thank you enough. Um, any last uh, words of wisdom for the for the group listening?
3: Yeah, and I, and I appreciate you having me back again. I must be saying something okay, so that, that's good news for me. And uh, I, I do. I think that's... You mentioned it, that there are options for inventors, and there are more options than ever. Retail stores, dot-com, TV shopping, catalogs, doing it on your own. I mean, there there are just so many ways now to sell products and to get information into people's hands that much faster. So, like you say, like I say, you got to keep going. Get used to hearing no. It's part of the business. Get educated. Learn all you can. Talk to all the right people, and your odds of success increase exponentially
2: absolutely absolutely well we can't thank you enough we got to go to tunes and when we come back we will be here with a new guest an inventor with something very unique I'm not going to ruin the surprise because we want you (laughs) back so come on back everybody
0: linda and diana will return after a short break with more of innovation divas
6: is there more living for you to do yes start living inspired be here for living inspired with trisha goyer
3: Canadian man thought it would be a good idea to parachute into the city's annual rodeo, the Calvary Stampede, in order to advertise a cleaning products company. After purchasing a parachute, the only problem was how to get airborne in order to make the jump. So he bought a lawn chair and attached over 100 helium party balloons to provide the lift. Simple, right? Apparently he doesn't have hypsophobia. That's the fear of heights. He also carried a dart gun to shoot a few balloons in case he started floating too high. Unfortunately, he ended up more than a mile off course and had to jump in a field instead, where police were waiting and arrested him for mischief. At least he proved himself an Altitudinarian. That's a person who aspires to great heights. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and Words You Never Heard has been brought to you by the Variaptic Surgery Center of Dallas.
0: If you need the connections to buyers, media, or companies who can take your product to the next level, then you are listening to the right show. This is the Innovation Divas on Toginet Radio. And now let's return to your Innovation Divas, Melinda Knight and Diana night.
6: Well,
1: welcome back. I'll get us back on.
5: Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Hi.
1: Hi, well, we are very excited to have Lillian Campos, and I hope I'm saying that right, and she is the creator of Good Wish Umbrella, and she is an inventor in our network, and it has the most, uh, let's just bring you on, and let's, let's tell us about the Good Wish Umbrella and this chic new way of displaying ribbons during uh, different uh, bridal events and baby showers, Um, so why don't you explain what you created and why you
5: created it? Okay. Um uh I came up with this uh concept because uh working at a restaurant, which I you know, uh, I, I do help out uh now and then uh on the side. <laughs> um, we I noticed this tradition uh, about stapling bows and ribbons onto a paper plate. Uh there were always someone approaching me because I was uh in charge and uh, always hosting the parties because they always requested me as well. And they, uh, you know, even from before working at the restaurant, uh, I noticed, I saw this tradition um, at a Spanish baby shower because I'm Hispanic. And I also uh, noticed that we do this tradition, but I confirmed that more and more working at the restaurant that other uh, ethnic, you know, and uh, do this tradition. Uh, they, you know, it, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful tradition that I hope that it will never uh, fades away because, uh, of course, using a paper plate is not very attractive. So I came up with the concept uh, with uh, an umbrella shape because uh, it uh, complements both occasions, bridal and baby showers so the clips you know are easy to use just clip on the clips or just pass through a ribbon through uh, the gaps and just go ahead and and tie a knot and create a bow Uh, and then it functions as a bow hat uh, and as a practice bouquet also as a centerpiece uh, after a rehearsal Uh, they just put it in front of the uh, bride and and future uh, bride and groom table as a display, as a remembrance of uh, the loved ones that gave them all those gifts. So that's how I...
1: It it makes me think back to my shower, and I clearly remember at the bridal shower, I had a wonderful uh, bridesmaid, and she was very talented, so you ended up not being able to necessarily see the the paper plate, but I threw it, it was a sentimental thing, it was a beautiful, beautiful bouquet that I used in my rehearsal, and I think that's the tradition (laughs) most brides uh, do, and they use it in the rehearsal, like it's their bouquet, and you know i remember that oh well it's a paper plate i'm just kind of you know this is so beautiful i just probably threw it away but i if had i had something more uh, I guess I instructed. Mm-hmm. Yes, you'd actually be able to keep the keepsake and and have it as a really nice memory and something a little bit more stable to walk down the aisle to do your practice rehearsal and then you have a beautiful picture of it actually on the uh, on you can actually put it on your table and and have it. Um, That's displayed. right. So you put a lot of thought into it. So what was your um, kind of the patenting process? Because, uh, you know, if you go onto our website, you can actually see kind of the, the sketches that you came up with. What was your process in actually protecting
5: your idea? I went to an uh, uh, inventor uh, uh, in New York. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, when you see these ads on TV and... And you you go to them and you introduce the product to them, uh, and uh, the process uh, you know financially it's it can get a little expensive. But because if you if you go directly to a patent lawyer, I think it's a little cheaper <laughs> than the way I did it. So, um, but I finally got my patent, and I was uh, I was happy about that. And uh, so now comes the processing of. Uh, Creating a mold for this uh product, and that's another uh financial uh, expense uh, you know that i didn't have, but I worked with someone to that help, helped me and uh so thankfully you know he believed in my product, which is my fiance <laughs> oh. and uh so um, and that's how we were able to uh you know, achieve this uh, wonderful product uh, in, in, in this process of manufacturing it, and that we manufacture in Connecticut, so it's made in the USA. And uh, so.
2: And and how are how are you doing? This is Diana, by the way. Nice to officially meet you. Um, how are you doing in terms of getting it to market? And are you segmenting your your for Marketing a long time, it?
5: even though I, you know, I've been in, in business uh, a long time, I did not know how to market the product. Uh, it, it was a learning process for me and a long one because I had always problems with my website. They were not working. I didn't know how to promote the product. Um, in the beginning, I was uh, trying to make the centerpieces with it because I have two different uh, designs on, on the patent. And they were not coming out right, so it frustrated me. I still sold the umbrella at in the restaurant. no doubt about it, people would buy it, but I started to sell them too high. I started like thirty dollars to sell them, so they were like, uh, ah, but they will get it because they knew me, and they uh, thought it was a clever idea, so I had no problem selling it um, and but the, Then I realized that I, you know i wasn 't uh, uh, b- being able to sell it at wholesale is so high. So um, that's another thing that I had to learn to drop down the price, you know, and work with the manufacturer to see, you know, uh, what can I do, you know. So, And,
2: and so, so today is uh, November 10th. What are your
5: um, initial plans starting, moving forward with the product? Are you? Yes, I have uh, been uh, – Go, I what started again doing the centerpieces that I stopped doing for a long time. Um, my pr- my problem with that is the packaging. I I I can't find the right way to package the centerpieces um, because the way I I, I the, the 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 box that I I use is a clear box, but I can only get it at uh, retail price and uh, for a, a lesser amount because. If I, I can't, I can't right now do ten thousand or five thousand of them. I just can't do it. So uh, if there's someone out there listening that can help me out with a better way to package the product because it is a great product. Can you um, can you take to, the, they can the, contact me. Can you um, take or, the
2: ha- the handle off of the 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 the. the
5: yeah, umbrella, the, the, umbrella, the umbrella by itself, I package that in the bag, and I, I, I do the printout of the tags and everything. That is not the problem. It's the centerpiece okay. that I, yeah, for the all-location centerpiece, the baby bridal shovel, when I, it's already decorated, that, you know, you cannot take the handle off that. You have to leave the handle, and, you know, because it has to sell as it is already decorated. That's where my problem is, because I've had people contact me that... Uh, a company contacted me that they liked the centerpieces but I don't I just can't uh, find the the right way to to package it. Can and they be uh,
2: can they be yes. stacked inside of one another? Uh
5: n- 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 well n- the umbrella by itself, it's not a problem. It's just the, the already decorated centerpiece. If you go on my on the oh, website and you see I the see. centerpieces. it's so
2: already decorated. Yeah, okay. it's already
5: decorated. So okay. you know, I uh,
2: see. I see. Yeah, I see. yeah and, you, know, uh, what? you know, you yeah. gotta maybe just find a focus on one right now and see how it yeah. goes.
5: And I have um, um, finally, I contacted uh, a wonderful. Uh, store that it's all the way in Omaha, Nebraska. It's called Mend- Mendelssohn's, David M. Mendelssohn's. They are oh. going to carry our product, the Goish Umbrella, starting in January.
3: Oh, uh, It was a long
5: process. Yes, they. Uh, I called them a couple of years ago. Uh, I spoke to a young lady that was in charge in the bridal department, and then uh, she, I don't know, th- th- going back and forth, it didn't didn't work out, so I decided to call back two years later, and someone else was in charge. So, you know, these stores sometimes, you don't give up. You have to continue to call. I learned my lesson don't, because the, the, the help changes. You know, they, there's always somebody. They put somebody else in charge. So I was able to talk to uh, Donna. That's her name, Donna. She was so nice over the phone. And, but it wasn't an easy process. She also, she says to me, she did, never heard of the tradition. She thought the product was very uh, good, uh, you know, for craft and, and for other stuff, but she, but she never heard of the tradition of the bowhead and the bouquet. And I said to her, do me a favor talk to the people that you work with and, and ask them, but, you know, back and forth, she's so busy in charge of, you know, with the, uh, the Halloween stuff and the Christmas stuff coming in that, you know, back and forth, back and forth over the phone, then I, I said to her, I said to her, do me a favor, just put the, I sent her a sample, I said, why don't you leave it by the cash register? and see the reaction of the people, ask them, let the mask, you know, where can they get it or if they, they would use it. And you know what? And- Two days later, I called back, and she she said that she will carry the product in January. So that was good. You know, back and forth Wonderful. sometimes. Wonderful. Oh,
2: we yes, are so happy you. Yes, I'm very happy, happy about you.
5: that. Uh, and I found this uh, you know, well, we're store gonna, on we're, LinkedIn. You know, I'm searching and becoming friends on LinkedIn with so many people, and, and I found it. And then I, you can get a better view of this store on Yelp.com, and you go and you, you put Mendel, Mendel, David Mendelson, and uh, an Omaha, and you, they have a wonderful video of the store inside the store, and the, it's huge, huge, huge. So I'm well, so happy that my product yeah. is going to be in there, oh, and that's so great. this opened you know- a door for me.
1: Well, and you we'd know. love to hear more about that. Um, we're oh, about ready to I go will. to break because that's so exciting. And, you know, I think that there's other uses too. I mean, if it's displayed properly, you know, yes. I think that, the, that uh, I just my creative side is always thinking about that. So we're about ready to go to break, and we'll come right back and uh, close out the show with you. So stay tuned.
5: Thank you.
0: Linda and Diana will return after a short break with more of Innovation Divas.
6: Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer.
1: Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. What in the world are you listening to, young man? Aw, Mom, it's just a cool comedy radio show. Well, it sounds much too adult-oriented for you, young man. But it's PG-13, and it's about six super nerds having crazy adventures while they try to take over the world. And you are only 12. Now go to your room and watch Nickelodeon or something. Aw, Mom. Now just what is this? <laughs> oh my god, that's funny! I've got to tell my friends about Paranoria Texas on TylerNet and TogiNet Radio Monday nights at 8 p.m. It's a show filled with outrageous adventure and hilarious attitude, but it's definitely rated PG 13. I love it!
0: If you need the connections to buyers, media, or companies who can take your product to the next level, then you are listening to the right show. This is the Innovation Divas on Toginet Radio. And now, let's return to your Innovation Divas, Melinda Knight and Deanna Cohen.
1: Well, welcome back. This is our uh, last half of the show, and we have been getting to know Lillian Campos, the creator of Good Wish Umbrella, and kind of hearing some of the the triumphs that she's had, and you know some of the things that she, with every product, where you're growing and, and developing it, and trying to kind of find your place and things. So, uh, congratulations on your latest opportunity, Lillian. Thank so you. It's very exciting, and you know, I was just you know my formal backgrounds in design and, and decorating, so I, um, it's kind of a passion of mine. So when I see a product like this, you know, I think of other ways it can be used, you know, especially in events and, and you know, it, is it able to fit besides, I know you have the handle on it, and Deanna was, you know, alluding to, you know, pos- if the handle can, you know, in developing it, if the handle could ever be removed, so it's maybe easier to to put into something um so is that something that could ever be done or is it just part of the design
5: hmm uh i like
1: where it's removable and you can put it on and take it off and then it could be you know more of a centerpiece or used in different fashions is that something that that could ever be done
5: i will have to um not uh sure uh, you know what you're what trying to explain but uh, maybe I can talk with you about that later on and then uh, maybe I, I in the next uh, segment uh, we can uh, talk about yeah. this a little further down yeah. the road and, and well, see what, I, what else I can to, come up with. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to
1: talk to you about it or you know the, when you're dealing with a manufacturer I'm not sure what kind oh, of relationship yes, you have with them you know if they're open to you know options where you can have this with a handle or this without a handle or something like that, because I see it being able to be used, you know, where you could drop it on top of a basket or, or, you know, it's a existing container. And then it's an easy way to, you know, put in, you know, I don't know, silk flowers or everybody has a
5: different way of seeing things. So I like that. I like to hear what other people see so I can work with it, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, and I and, see uh, it. That's
5: I why this product really... belongs to craft stores. Yeah. <laughs> oh, craft Haughty stores, Party stores, sure craft stores, bridal be. shops, because that's where the bride and uh, uh, goes to get fitted, and the bridesmaids, too. And so, you know, whoever is uh, planning the bridal shower, the the product is right there, reachable yeah. to them. Just, you know, I'm working on a, uh, a better way of packaging for the bridal shops, because the... Uh, I'm sure they want to look uh, a different look, a specific look of a product in their shops, and that's understandable.
1: Well, and and if you have, you know, where they can see it constructed, because when you actually see the product without the bows in it, you can kind of get the idea, even with the shape of it, that you can fit things in it. Exactly. And, And I see it, you know... Outside of you know having it for the tradition, but then also you know somebody's having a party and they want to have a quick way to make a, a a bouquet, and or even if they're even at Christmas time and you have all the bows and like the fun way that you can use the bows at Christmas time and you know just really a neat ways. Then it's just a one off for a bridal shower, or a baby shower. There's so many other ways, like you said, in a craft store would be a great fit for you know in the in the oh. In the silk flower area where they, yes. you know, they could grab it and they could make a quick bouquet.
5: Or the floral, a, the floral yeah. uh, aisle as well. I have a little project down, uh, up my sleeve that I cannot talk about it because it's, uh, I'm working on something very special for, to demonstrate florists that mm-hmm. this product can also be used by florist shops. Yeah. So it's something I'm putting together and it'll be fun to watch once I'm done with it. So in and, about and two to three weeks, that will your- be done. Yes, I'm always coming up with different ideas oh. how to make this product work and interesting, well, you, you, know, um, you, and know, it, you know. Well, you have a
1: great idea. And functional,
5: you know, because, uh, you know, it's uh, that's the way it has to be. Not because the product is not in many stores here doesn't mean that it doesn't work. It's just yeah. it's hard. It's hard. It, 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 I try to, uh, you know, make calls or uh, submit they don't get back to you or it, it's not easy it's time consuming so and then to try to uh, advertise and blog and, and and work on your your your, your Facebook your LinkedIn um, Instagram all this is time consuming mm-hmm. so you know and then I have to sit down and work on my my little projects as well and uh, and, and so I I would appreciate for the buyers, whoever's listening, that, you know, give us the opportunity. Uh, you want to package it yourself? Let me know. We can work on something. I like to keep the name of the product, wish Umbrella. You, I, I, don't yeah, want, I don't want anybody changing the name of the product. Yeah. That's, well, one, that's one that's thing what? I will say I have because, you know, some well, people might you... want to change it. So I don't want that. And I like to keep it manufactured in the United States. Otherwise, they will not be a made-in-the-USA product, you know. So.
1: Well, and you did a good job with the brand, and 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 uh, that at least you, it's open to other uses. So you didn't like label it bridal shower or bridal wishes yeah. or something like that, where you're kind of holed into that. So, um, so this can give you room to expand. And and ha- have you approached, you know, a Michaels or a craft store to get their, you know, feedback?
5: I hired a uh, marketing company uh, a few years ago, and uh, it's, I don't know if it's because uh, they um, they don't like to talk to deal with a marketing company directly. I don't understand how that works, uh, but I have, haven't. Have you gone you know, into
1: a local Michael's? Just, you know, the, just. You know, maybe walked in and... and that's th- a great th-
5: idea to start at the local level. Yeah. Yeah, to, to go directly to the buyer at, and, you know, but I haven't directly to Michael's. Uh, I haven't. Because um, so they might have I a really try. good idea
1: of how you could package it, and who knows? Maybe they would test it out in the store, and, and uh, you could work out something with them and at least get their feedback, and it might help give direction on your packaging, too. Yeah.
5: I'm also you know if anybody would like to license the product uh, I'm open to it as well, so you know anything anything just to make the product be out there reachable for all these lovely women you know to to that are getting married soon or the baby showers it's not a just a uh a season product a seasonal mm-hmm. product it's it's a All year round product because, uh, you know, even if it's uh, snowing in one area, it's sunny in another one. So there's always weddings and there's always somebody having a baby. (laughs) So it's, you know, I don't think it's a seasonal product. That's all, Hmm. you know, it works all year round.
1: Well, you put a lot of thought into it and a lot of love. And, uh, you know, you're, if with, you know, direction and, and, you know, keep going and And now you found us too, and this is kind of you haven't yes. been with inventors Network for very long and and so you know getting the word out there and meeting the right people and getting the right direction and the right help and the right connections exactly. you know it's it, you don't have to be alone anymore, so uh, thank but, you yeah, and we're happy to have you on the show. It was great to to finally meet you, like, not necessarily in person but but uh you know get put a voice to to the name and, uh, and we wish you all the best and if, for more information you can also find uh, information about Good Wish Umbrella on our show page and on our website but you can also go to uh, com and you can find out more information on her website and purchase one for yourself there so thank you so much, Lillian right. I yeah. thank you for this okay. lovely opportunity oh, thank you so much you're,
5: thank you're you, welcome. stay in touch <laughs> You'll hear from me again. Okay. Have a good day. (laughs) You too. Bye-bye. Bye.
2: So we have so many wonderful people that come into our network, just like Lillian, that is trying to find the right niche for their product, to find the right, you know, area. It's a tough road, but if you have, you know, the passion and the excitement, you know, sometimes you have to give in, sometimes you have to give up, but most of the time, if you really believe in your product, and you have, you know, I always suggest, Melinda, and I'm sure you think the same thing, is that don't, you know, do a second mortgage on your home. Don't sell your kids, you know, college education for your product. If you have enough money where you can live your life and still put a little into your invention to see how it goes and moves, you know, up the ladder of success, use that kind of money. Um, but don't don't take you know the don't, huge don't risk. Don't
1: break into your kids. Don't break into your kids' piggy bank.
2: <laughs> no, for sure not.
1: Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. That's not good.
2: <laughs> so that—that's all we would suggest to inventors is just to be really smart about um, you know getting your product to market. Is do it in the right way. And if you have to really dig in deep to spend too much money of your your life savings, it's probably not meant to be. Um, either in a retail way, maybe think about the licensing, you know, angle and spend time doing it that way. But don't give up your day job until you're really 100% certain that you're bringing in revenue. And and uh, we, we love the fact that there's great innovation out there. So kudos to all that is doing it. And um, we're really proud to be part of your, your mission in this journey of inventions.
1: Yes, Yes, we love the journey because the story behind the journey is is what inspires us and inspires the listeners. So we love having guests on that can tell their story and, and even the sad parts, just like the door explorer, you know, Sometimes <laughs> things don't work out, but, right, uh, you right. know, but uh, usually that means that you're, you know, it wasn't meant to be. That's so, right. That's yes. right. Yeah.
2: Well, we so. appreciate we appreciate everyone listening and stay tuned. Every week we have a new show and um, new guests, and and it's such a great thing. If you want to be on our show, contact us at Inventors. Um, excuse me, info at inventorsnetwork.com or go to our show page and um, get more information there. We'd love to have you on. If you're an industry expert and want to reach the inventor community, um, we have a great place within our wonderful members-only platform where you can have your own virtual office like Jim DeBetta does. And um, just like... um, Veronica has her own VIP membership for just $50 a year uh, in our um, virtual trade show. So there's a lot of great things to take advantage of. What else, Melinda? What, what, What else would you like to share before we go?
1: Well, uh, you know, every uh, other week we have great guests. So, and come to inventorsnetwork.com and see all the fabulous resources that we have available. We have free memberships, we have VIP memberships, lots of opportunities for inventors and people to be educated.
2: Absolutely. Well, yeah. thank you. Thank you all for listening. We always love having you part of our network.
1: Yeah. Have a great week, everyone. Feels like a summer night,
0: Melinda Knight and Deanna Cohen return next week with more of the innovation divas. They really know the who, what, and why of inventing and love that they can share their knowledge, connections, and great women invented products with this audience. Contact the divas for more information on how to sponsor or attend. Then join us every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Standard.